0: Your motorsport and motoring radio show now on 88.5 fm the valley comes alive and podcasting across itunes and talkingpower.com.au welcome to another episode of the talking power podcast i am nick DiGimri, your host for this episode episode 137 and for those that haven't quite worked it out yet That music you can hear in the background, that's the Italian National Anthem, and we're playing that, um, we haven't played it for some time, I think the last time we played it was, might have been a couple of years ago, Ferrari, first and second, we're celebrating big time here at the podcast, we're big Ferrari fans, and uh, we're quite excited by their win in Bahrain uh, first and second not just the win but it was also in second place Carlos Sainz coming in second spot there Charles Leclerc coming in first so congratulations to the team at Ferrari it is great to see them back we're going to be talking all things Formula 1 really soon big cheerio to everyone out there wherever you're listening to us um, from wherever it be around the world or if you're listening to us on 88.5 FM Thanks for tuning in on 88.5, where variety comes alive. It's great to have you on board, and if you're listening to us as a podcast, we really appreciate you tuning in for our episode. We've got lots to talk about on this one, talking all things Formula One, the Twilight Nationals from the Sunset Strip in Mildura. We're also going to be talking MotoGP from uh, Indonesia, uh, NASCAR from Atlanta, and of course, how can we forget IndyCars as well from Texas Motor Speedway. So grab a cuppa, grab a drink, or whatever it is, grab it, and uh, thanks for tuning in. We've got a big episode coming right your way. Okay, I'm Nick DeCembra here for this podcast, and I'm here on my own again. Uh, unfortunately, Solomon and Todd aren't able to make it to this one, but uh, we've got lots to cover, and let's get started. Look, getting back to Formula One, great race from Bahrain we saw. Uh, season opener, what can we say? One of the things we should probably cover off on, and some of the things that have changed, and one of the things to bear in mind was that you know we've had an uh, an engine fuel change as well, so they're running on a a fuel that now carries ten percent ethanol. It's called commonly known as E10. Not sure what effect that would have had on some of the engine development over the in the off season. It appears to me that Ferrari have certainly got on top of that quicker than everyone else. It also looks to me as though the cylinder head changes that they made uh, in the off season last year uh, for this car has worked for them, and the changing of the turbos. You mentioned in the last last week's episode, moving the turbo around, and that that um, that sort of, that kind of technology that they've brought on board there in the engine. And when I say the engine, I mean the actual petrol engine, the internal combustion side of things seriously does seem to be working quite well for him. The catch cry from this event in my mind was uh, porpoisin. So <laughs> I've never heard that word used so often but in the lead up to this event even at testing we saw a number of the cars uh, what they call porpoisin. So for those that aren't sure what that is or what that actually means it's when the car jumps up and down as it's going down the long straights. There was a lot of thought as to what caused that or what was behind that what was the driving factor behind that basically these new cars this year have a lot more downforce that is that comes from underneath the car and what they call a ground effect Um, especially the rear diffuser on the back of the car is quite is quite is much bigger so the car is actually sucked down to the ground what's happening is the car's getting sucked down to the ground and it gets sucked down low enough that it actually stalls that suction and so then the car springs back up again and then it's sucked back down again and up again and down again and up again that happens it doesn't happen that slowly it happens really fast so as the cars going down the main straight generating a heap of downforce underneath it's pulling the car down that stalls when it gets low enough and then pops back up again Mercedes seem to be the most affected by that that porpoisin looks to be by the race time they had Resolved most of the issues there, and we saw not a not a hell of a lot of it in the actual race, but in in certainly in the practice from the week before, and even in qualifying, we saw a fair bit of it. Sebastian Vettel out with COVID nineteen, replaced by the Nico Hulkenberg, who was rushed in as a replacement. Thankfully, our young man Daniel Ricardo from WA he was able to take his spot in the team he had COVID during the week as well but was able to get back in there I was really buoyed by the performance of Haas it was really great to see the Haas car um, in particular K, um, K Mag's car Kevin Magnuson really performing really well and um, I think I think they're not too far away from being super competitive and, um, you know, they were in the top 10, you know, did really well. And I think it's only up and up for Hass. And um, it was really great to see Gunther, uh, Gunther Steiner smiling as opposed to swearing. So congratulations. So qualifying happened in the Ferrari, you know, Charles Leclerc put the car on pole. Uh, still, I mean, I must be honest with you, I'll still doubtful myself. We've heard all the talk many, many years in a row about how Ferrari are going to be doing really well. And, uh, you know, we've had pretty poor seasons on the back of that. Um, but it was really great to see him get pole. And not only that, to go back and get a first and second as well. So it was great it was really great for them i think one of the things we found from this race was we cleaned up the the so called dirty air so the dirty air has certainly been lifted up in the lifted up however i think one of the results of that is overheating brakes so we saw max verstappen chasing charles leclerc down pretty hard and and probably overheated his brakes somewhat it's really interesting to note why the red bull cars uh, failed to finish the race. So the recording of this podcast, it was still not known as to why that actually happened. But in time, we'll soon find out, no doubt, as to why both those cars failed to finish. And in particular, Sergio Perez, I must say, really disappointing seeing him go out on the last lap as well. So Red Bull Racing, they've got a fair bit of work to do, but I think their pace is there as well. So they've just got to get on top of the brakes overheating and also... This engine issue that they had, some of the other talking points from the race was that the hard tire didn 't seem to perform all that well at this track that said you know there are a number of tracks around the world where the hard tire just offers very little very little uh, benefits and doesn 't seem to run all that long either so um, it was interesting to see that the hard tyre wasn't really the answer. And some of the different pitch strategies that we saw unfold as well. I'm curious to know what you think about some of those. And I'm really curious to think about what people think about Mercedes. Do Are they that far back? I mean, in the end, Lewis came third, but only by virtue of the fact that max verstappen and also Sergio perez failed to finish so they were those two cars were running ahead of uh, lewis at the time so I'm, i'm really curious to know if people actually think that that mercedes are that far back or is it just a bit of a soft start for them and they will get on top of these problems one interesting thing we should note is that these cars are actually running at that track that particular track running two seconds slower so the changes to the vehicle haven't necessarily mean for a quicker car. They're actually running two seconds slower. It just appears to be that Ferrari and um, even Red Bull, I'll say, uh, got on top of the development um, of the new car and the new rules probably earlier. But um, And the Haas as well, we know, we've been working on this car for two years. So it's, it's really interesting to see that they're paying uh, for their, you know, for the last two years of paying, they're actually been rewarded for it now so it'll be really interesting to see how um this weekend's race at saudi arabia uh, pans out uh will will we see a better run from the red bulls and mercedes so time will tell there all right on that note look we'll take a short break here and when we come back we'll be back with the twilight nationals right after this Okay, it was a Twilight Nationals from Mildura Raceway in Sunset Street Raceway, I should say, in Mildura, Victoria. This is the second last round of the Summit Racing Equipment Sportsman Series, so it's great to see a lot of people from WA actually made the trip over for this event, and it was great to see that. Now, in Supercharged Outlaws, Dave Thornton, congratulations, taking the victory there. He took the win against Vince Monteleone. Uh, congratulations to Dave in his 23 t bucket. It's a, that is an altered. Uh, runs a 540 big block shoving in that thing. So uh, not bad for someone that wasn't planning on entering the event. In modified, uh, Matt Ponton in his naturally aspirated altered took the win against Peter O'Connell uh, in the final. Uh, it was great to see the win there. In super comp... Uh, Adrian Vella in his Chev Cobalt, uh, really nice looking, beautiful looking car. He took the win in uh, Supercomp there. Um, he would come up against uh, Matt Forbes in the final there to take the win there. Top sportsman. What can we say about this guy? I mean, he's uh, notorious for getting through to the finals. Vlado Turek, he does it. He does it wherever he goes. He Generally makes the final yeah, he's done the same here in his s14 nissan. That's running a 632 cuba that that car um, uh, One in top sportsman there's also a big shout out there to albie Bakrinich that went over in his monte carlo as well To uh, I think he got into the semis there and uh, he's obviously going for the championship as well So I can't wait to see these two guys Juke it out in um, at the Perth Motorplex coming up on the ninth and tenth of April in Summit Racing Junior Drag Star, We had top qualifier Brody Zapier. He went all the way to the final. Uh, he took on Sarah Osborne in the in the final there. Congratulations to Brody. Brody is the nephew of top door slammer, multiple champion John Zapier, and the son of um, I guess. John's crew chief or you know long time crew person and also brother Richard Zapier as well so congratulations to Brody it's a magnificent effort going all the way to Mildura and um, and winning the final so that sets him up really well for the grand final as well over here in Super Street, beautiful car this one, it's a 68 uh, Plymouth Satellite, Uh, Tex Griffiths, he took the win there and uh, it was great to see him go into the final Um, it's pretty tough Super Street no matter where you are in Australia racing, it's always a well tended bracket as well, so to get the win there, that's a massive achievement Super Gas, I've got a a lot to say about Super Gas, for those that don't know much about Super Gas, it's a 990 dialing, so You have a set dial in and 990 is what it is. Uh, You cannot run quicker than 990. But I can tell you one thing. If you run too much slower than 990, you certainly won't be winning either. So it was great to see these two stages. I won't call them old stages, but two stages. Um, Colin Griffin and Graham Spencer. Uh, These guys have been in drag racing for a long, long time. They've been in super gas for a long, long time. Uh, In the end, it was Graham Spencer that took the win in his magnificent looking 63 Corvette it's a beautiful looking car if you don't know what that car looks like it's, uh, it's a, built as a modified car I guess but he runs in the super gas category Google it have just type in Graham Spencer 63 Corvette have a look at the photo of the car It's an absolutely magnificent looking beast and um, You know, congratulations to him and congratulations to Colin as well for making the final in his Celica, that Ford-powered Celica that he's had for quite some time, that car, beautiful car. Super sedan, Graham Cooper in his EH wagon. Now, for those that haven't seen that car before as well, I urge you to go have a look at it. Um, The bricklayer, as it's commonly known, that car, is... Been around for a very long time, and these guys, Graham Cooper, very difficult to beat in super sedan. He took on uh, Lance Larkham in the final there, and um, I also want to shout out here also to WA Racers, Tyron Begg and Martin Marty Mirko uh, for heading over as well. Uh, they went out earlier, uh, so look... A bit of work for those guys to do for the championship. But congratulations to Graham Cooper and that E. H. Wagon. As I said, the bricklayer's been around a long, long time. And uh magnificent looking car and uh it's a crowd favourite. I think any old holding at the track is always a bit of a crowd crowd favourite. And mod bike and comp bike, we they were running a three round format. In comp bike we had um WA racer Gordon Crawford, he wasn't able to make the final, so that left the victory for uh, Phil Patton to take the win there. Uh, and in Mod Bike, um Gregor Berti took the win there as well, so congratulations to those. Uh, as I said, the Sunset Strip, great track. We talked about it the week before, where the round two of the Australian Top Fuel Championships held there. So it was great to see, you know, two back-to-back events there. Uh, those guys certainly deserve it. And uh, shout out to regional Victoria there for getting behind and supporting these events. I think it's it's absolutely magnificent to see it going so well there. Look, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back with more from the Talking Power podcast right after this. Okay, Talking Power podcast. It is episode one hundred and thirty-seven, uh, and as I mentioned before, I find myself on my own for this one here. Unfortunately, Simon and Todd were not able to make this episode. I want to talk all things MotoGP. Second race of the season from Indonesia, uh, the Circuit Mandalika. I, I felt it was a awesome race, with the exception of the torrential rain. Um, the rain was absolutely phenomenal. I haven't seen anything like that for some time, and uh, I thought the BMW pace car was going to turn into a submarine at one stage. There, it was interesting. The Mark Marquez's high side in uh, in practice uh, earlier in the day um, put him out of the race. Basically, he was shipped off to hospital for concussion. That crash is probably as bad as they can get, and um, I- I'm just amazed that this guy keeps getting back on his bike. Um, that was an awful, awful high side, and... Clearly, he's pushing the bike to its limits, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Mark Marquez, um, you've got to take his, your hat off to him for his courage. Um, massive, massive, massive crash. And, uh, as I said, he didn't participate in the race. Um, but, yeah, that 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 downpour that we saw at the start delayed the race 75 or 80 minutes, something like that. So, the race itself had to be shortened to 20 laps as opposed to 26 uh, at the end of the day it was uh, Miguel Oliveira who made the best of the uh, the situation and pulled off his fourth victory in MotoGP. Fabio Cuadarrara, he got away reasonably well at the start of the race and um, I don't know, he just got caught up on some of those curbs and uh, I kind of lost his pace there for some for some time and dropped back in the pack a fair bit. Uh, he, did, he did manage to regain um, you know, get back into the race and any the credible second, really, for, for him. Johan Zarco came in third, Jack Miller in fourth, and Alex Rins on the Suzuki um, in fifth. It's been the the the, hot, the one of the things I've taken away from motoGP this year is some of those ones that we thought they were going to do reasonably well this year in particular banyaya um, you know slipping to 15th on this race he's only uh, managed to secure one point from the first two races I think it's still early days and I think he can still certainly come back from that but you know uh, a bit of work to for him to do and I, I'm really happy to see um, the KTM is going really well. The Red Bull KTM is going particularly well. Um, you know, it's it's great to see. You know, a new manufacturer. Well, not so new, but I mean, KTM up there and uh, Miguel Oliveira on the Red Bull KTM. You know, securing that first place for him. So it was it was great to see. And also, we must also mention Johann Zarco in third. That's a that's a satellite Ducati team as well. So for them to finish third, and a big shout out to Jack Miller as well. Um, you know, this the weather was absolutely diabolical, and for these guys to be able to ride um, just to finish the race, I think was something pretty special, because we saw a number of riders come off their bikes. So, you know, it's it's a credit to them. Uh, I also want to shout out, I, I reckon for me personally, the star of the day is a, a rookie, Uh, Darren Binder, the brother of Brad Binder, in the With You Yamaha uh, bike, finished in P10. And I think, you know, that, you know, for your first season in the top tier of MotoGP, I think that's magnificent for him to finish uh, in 10th. So, congratulations to him as well. And it's great to see in, you know, our leading motorsport, you know, that we're seeing new talent coming in there, and some different names, and some different manufacturers, and some different teams as well, are doing really well. It's great to see, and I think it's it's just shows you how buoyant MotoGP is. We'll take a short break here, and when we we'll be back, we'll be going to talk all things uh, NASCAR from Atlanta. All right, NASCAR this week went to the resurfaced, new surface, I guess you'd say, Um, Atlanta Raceway. Really interesting, they changed not just the surface, but also the banking as well. So it's a little bit higher now. It's 28 degrees. The, The one thing that I noticed that they had done as well was that the actual track itself is narrower. And I don't know if that's... I don't know, you could argue that might not have been beneficial, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, They've installed basically a double white line the whole way around the track, which is very traditional on the super speedways, like Talladega and Daytona. It's the first time we've kind of seen it in this kind of track of this size, where a double white line... And an explanation of basically why they, you can't go below the double white line. You can't you can't pass below the double white line and you're not supposed to go below that double white line as well. That double white line is there really to protect the driver and the cars because because of it's a 28 degree bank and at the speeds that they're traveling on. If you do go below that double white line, the, the car is basically, um, goes onto the level part of the track. When the car comes back up to the, to the banking, um, at those speeds that these cars are doing, especially at Atlanta, it can send them straight into the wall um, or across in front of all the traffic as well. Um, so that's why the double white line is there. Um, it's insane, all that. We saw, we saw even with cars going below the double white line, we saw some massive crashes in this event. And uh, my personal view is that the... The width, the racing width is just plain and simple too narrow. I don't think it allows the cars to, it doesn't give them space. And we just saw some awful, awful incidences. In particular, the Kyle Larson one. He was getting a massive push from Danny Hamlin in the 11 car. Kyle's car, Kyle Larson that is his car was previously damaged from a, a previous incident. So the front of his car had some extensive panel work done to it. I'm not convinced its drag was, was as it should be. So I think he was tracking a bit slower. Uh, Danny's given him a, a right royal push and, uh, sent him basically sideways and caused an, an almighty crash. And, uh, you know, I think, I think one of them was, you know, it, it was a number of cars got into him. Um, we also saw big wrecks from you know Ricky Stenhouse as well. Uh he suggested that his tire went down. Um he's gone you know sideways given the wall an almighty lick and then Austin Cedric has gone straight into the side of him as well. So as I said there was a number of number of big big crashes. None as big as the one that happened right at the end of the race so on the final lap which we're kind of getting used to seeing now. We're seeing some pretty big crashes as, you know, it's it's make or break, I guess. Um, in the end, look, um, William Byron held on to win in the 24 Chevy Camaro. That's a uh, Hendrick stable car, that one. So it was great to see him win. I think that's his third career victory or fourth, I can't remember from the top of my head. Uh, But right behind him was a massive, massive crash as well, and uh, we had cars going everywhere. I think these new-gen cars are really kind of struggling with the stability. So I think especially on a particularly... We may have been exaggerated at this track because the track is so narrow. Uh, the banking is pretty steep. Uh, we'll find a number of cars stepping out and, um, and especially tyres going down. It seems to be a bit of a problem. So it'll be interesting to see how they address that. In some other news for NASCAR this week, we also had the announcement that... Um, you know, half a century on after Bill Franz Sr., he was the founder of NASCAR, uh, took stock cars to the 24-Hour of Le Mans. NASCAR is actually heading back there with Hendrick Motorsports, and um, they will be competing at the 2023 24-Hour of Le Mans. Uh, there'll be a special entry called Garage 56. So this entry will be a, a modified version of the next-gen uh, Chevrolet Camaro z one Race car, and it's a collaboration between NASCAR, Hendrick Motorsports, Chevrolet, IMSA, IMSA and Goodyear. So look, there will be further developments on that, but I know seven-time crew chief Chad Knaus will be running that team as well. Uh, he's the program manager at Garage 56. Really looking forward to that. I think Americans um, are pretty big on their... Uh, Endurance racing. Uh, they've always had a love affair with Le Mans, and they particularly enjoy going to to France and to take on the world's best. and uh, It's great to see NASCAR embracing that. We've seen NASCAR really adopt some different different things in the last couple of years because the crowds were falling away. and And I'm not saying that this will bring the crowds back. I'm not. I'm not sure that it will. But it's great to see them dipping their toe back into other markets and other and other uh, areas of motorsport interest that may bring that may bring new eyes to their sport um the cars do look considerably different this next gen car to the previous uh reiterations of nascar now whether you like it or not i think that's you know it's up to the individual but it's good to see that nascar is making some changes in their next generation of car uh, independent rear end you know we would never have dreamt of talking about that a few years ago in nascar and for them to take on now independent rear end uh, fuel injection and you know cars that now are actually starting to resemble their factory counterparts i think it's a big step for nascar and um, look i mean we've made the the conscious decision to cover more NASCAR on our podcast, because I can see that as a bit of a growth potential, not only for, the, for them, but for us as well, because I think there's going to be a new set of eyes. And a new set of ears that are uh, lending their time to to NASCAR. So tell us what you think. Actually, if you if you agree with that statement, or if you disagree, you say no, Nick, you're, you're dreaming. We're never going to be watching NASCAR because it doesn't interest us. But let us know what you think. I think I think they're on the right track, and I I particularly like the new look of their next generation cars. I'm going to take a bit of a short break here, and we'll be back with Indy cars right after this. want to talk IndyCars, cars and when we talk IndyCars cars now we we can 't not talk about IndyCars cars without talking about Scott McLaughlin and what can we say about him he got poll a few weeks ago and this week he was pipped at the post by um, uh, mclaren 's Felix uh, Rosenquist uh, they go by average speed in their qualifying so Scotty McLaughlin two hundred and twenty one Point to zero nine six mile an hour, and uh, Felix's qualifying speed was two hundred and twenty one point one one mile an hour. So that's in the McLaren. So congratulations to to Felix, but also, I mean, can you imagine the people at IndyCar like this New Zealander who raced here for a very long time in Australia in supercars has come now to? To IndyCars. cars in his in his first season he did reasonably well last year. This is his second season in the sport. He's taken to the speedways. These are speedways. This was at Texas Motor Speedway, by the way. So an oval. He's taken to the ovals and he is absolutely ripping it up. Scotty McLaughlin, I know you're a Kiwi, but we we deem you Australian. You're doing Australians proud. He led 186 of the 245 laps. Um, Unfortunately, he would come second, however. He was beaten on the last bend. He was passed by teammate Joseph Newgarden. Around the outside, I must say, was a pretty good move. Pretty, pretty good move from Joseph around the outside, uh, putting Scotty in second. One thing I will say about Scott McLaughlin, you can do that to him once, you'll never do it again. I guarantee you what Scott didn't learn yesterday wouldn't be worth learning. And I can assure you, no one, no one will ever put that move on him again around the outside, especially at that track. Um... It, you can only make, you can only do that once with Scott because he will remember that and he will learn from that. And I guarantee, you, Joseph, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Scotty putting that move on other people uh, in the future. I must say, it was a great move on the outside. Uh, Scotty appeared to have been potentially balked by some lapped cars. I'm not saying he was or he wasn't, but it did look like he was balked by a lapped car, uh, and I think he's tucked him behind a lapped car as opposed to passing him, and I think he lost his momentum a fair bit, and Joseph saw, pounced on that and went around him on the outside. But congratulations to Joseph and the Penske team, mind you. That's a first and second for them as well in, in IndyCars from Texas, and um, it's great to see this young New Zealander that came to Australia, uh, got a ride with Gary Rogers Motorsport many, many years ago. Uh, he's doing some really wonderful things in the, on the world stage. And I, uh, to, to do this in your second year at um, Texas in IndyCars under the Roger, the great Roger Penske, oh, I think it's, it's absolutely amazing and congratulations to him. All right, well, look, that brings us to the end of this podcast. We really hope you enjoyed tuning in. I can assure you that Todd and Simon will be here next week. Um, Just We're committed. They're committed. We are all committed to different things at this this stage. But, look, they will be back next week, and um, we're back in the studio having more discussions about the world of motorsport there's a number of things we're going to be covering off on as well if there's something out there that you guys want us to talk about let us know as well drop us a line we're always open to an ear if you're listening to us as a podcast let us know if you're listening to us on 88.5 fm um let us know as well we'd love to hear from you and and anything local in the ellenbrook uh, swan valley area let us know what's happening there as well we'd love to hear from all of our listeners no matter where you are drop us a line and let us know what you think and um tell us you know if you're a Ferrari fan that's great we we um, love to hear from you if you're not if you're a Red Bull fan or if you're a Mercedes fan Lewis Hamilton fan let us know as well we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear your thoughts about um, the the first round at Bahrain and also what you think is going to happen at uh, the next race which is uh, this weekend and uh, saudi arabia and um what the what formula one what you hope to see in formula one this year also supercars i'm sorry we didn't haven't covered tcr for this week you we just haven't had time to cover that event as well so we can only cover so much and uh yeah there's only so many hours in the day where we can cover particular events but yeah so the tcr event we haven't covered but we'll try and cover that for you next week as well give you an update there i do know that fabian coultard uh won there so it's great to see him in the stand car uh take a win there that was that was good but that's all i can really tell you about that so uh unfortunately was not able to cover that one all right well that, as i said that brings this podcast to an end i really loved um uh, having a chat about all the things motorsport um, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, please go to the Talk and Power Facebook page. It's simply Talk Power T R T O R Q U E N P O W E R Talk and Power. Or go to our website as well. That's ww.talk power com.au you can see all of our everything's updated on our website we keep our website up to date. Also we have an Instagram page it's talk and power so head to that you can see everything we're doing on Instagram which isn't a hell of a lot to be honest with you we don't not really an Instagram person but we try and update that when we can as well and um, I can let you in on a little bit of a secret before we finish up this podcast. I can tell you that our beloved co-host here, Simon Gonzo Travellini. he has put together the Camry again. The Camry is alive and well. Though some of you will remember the torque and power, the all-fast uh, Camry, the taxi, we like to call it. Um, it's spent a few years on the sidelines, so there's nothing really wrong with it, but Simon's gone right through the car, got it running again, and uh, we can't wait to see it at the track. We're looking at doing something very soon at the track. And uh, coming to Car Show or whatever it may be near you so keep an eye out for that keep an eye out on our socials we'll keep you updated there with what's happening with the torque and power camry it's a great looking car it's not really actually i just say that because there's no words to describe it it's actually a horrendous looking car was um but it's a bit of a sleeper and uh shocks a few people so yeah look Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to go now. I assure you, I've said we're going to finish, but I, we are going to finish now. So thank you for tuning in, uh, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, The Valley Comes Alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.